Welcome to the Feathered Desert, a podcast all about desert bird feeding in the southwestern region of the United States. Welcome to the Feathered Desert, everyone. Today we are talking about a topic that I like. But you might think it's a little strange. But we're going to talk about it today. It's called safflower, the underappreciated bird seed. So the most popular seed actually used in the bird feeding industry is black oil sunflower seed. Every seed eating bird loves it and it is readily available. But as of 2020, sorry, 2021, we're in, we're in a lot of 20s right now. 2021, demand for sunflower seeds for human consumption has caused prices to rise. So many of you listeners may have seen this when buying your bird seed. So today, Cheryl and I wanted to talk to you about a great, less expensive alternative to black oil sunflower seed, the safflower seed. So where does the safflower seed come from? Safflower seeds come from the safflower plant. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny when I said it, but here, here comes the, the part that Cheryl's been working on. Yeah, She's so been I've practicing. been working on this. Car, uh, Carthamius tinctorius. Very, very close. Tinctorius. Tinctorius. There you uh, go. Good it job. Is, it is an annual in the aster family and uh, and is therefore related to ni a niger seed. Huh. Is this, in the spring, the plant remains short under 12 inches with a yellow, orange, and red bloom. Oh, that sounds kind of pretty. Yeah, it is very pretty. That resembles a thistle. But summer's end, by summer's end, it will shoot up to, well, one to four feet tall. Yeah, it's fast. When it goes to seed in the fall, it attracts small seed-eating songbirds that consume the seeds and help replant the safflower for next year. Safflower is one of humanity's oldest crops with architecture Archaeological <laughs> traces in Mesopotamia. <laughs> Sorry, I gave you a lot of hard ones today, didn't I? <laughs> Mesopotamia, dating back to 2500 BCE. It is believed to have originated in southern Asia, but is now grown all over the world. It is cultivated in the western United States, and the flower petals are used as red and yellow dye for cloth and foods. The seeds are pressed for cooking oil. People can eat roasted or boiled seeds with without shells and and safflower seeds. Huh, I've never I've seen it as an oil, but not as an yeah. edible seed. And oil and are used in traditional medicines for various medical ail, ailments. The raw in shell seeds are available in some seed blends, often referred to as cardinal blends. I know my house finches love yes the safflower. They pick it out of the cranberry cylinder. The main advantage of safflower over other agricultural crops is its ability to adapt to hot, dry environments. Its large, long taproot helps it access water deep below the surface that other plants cannot reach. That is very interesting. It really is. I thought we would talk a little bit about kind of where it comes from yeah, while we talk about what it is. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's very, very cool. And so Kirsten's going to give us a little more detail. Yes. So one of the things is what does it look like and who does it attract? For those of you who are our customers, you've probably come in and seen the giant bag of safflower. So you already know what it look, looks like, which is a small white seed. It's smaller than black oil sunflower and it has a tapered conical shape. So it is similar in fat and protein content to black oil sunflower. And that what's, that's what makes it a great alternative to the black oil sunflower. 
The biggest question is who eats it? So some of the birds that eat safflower are chickadees, grosbeaks, blue jays, downy and red-bellied woodpeckers. Those are not super common to our area here in Phoenix, but definitely you have those up farther north in um, Arizona. Uh, house finches, which we of course have here, morning doves, indigo buntings, northern cardinals, purple finches, titmice, nuthatches, and quail. And we have the house finches, the morning doves, of course, and um, occasionally that northern cardinal, which a lot of people want to attract. So this is a great way to add that into your diet for your birds to possibly attract a cardinal here in the Phoenix Valley. We get grosbeaks too. Not yes. They migrate because I had the um, black-headed grosbeak. That's right. They do. Uh, we get them during migration season. I kind of mm -hmm. forgot about that. So that this would be a great one to have out for them as well during our migration periods. So the other question is who doesn't eat it? Uh, grackles, blackbirds, and European starlings do not eat it. House sparrows also tend to not eat it as well. But our other sparrows, like our white crown sparrows, do like to eat it. So house sparrows, it, it's odd because actually in Europe, they use this a lot more. So I'm kind of surprised that house sparrows don't eat it. But it's the shape of their beak, really, that um, I think prevents them from being able to eat it. It's a little bitter, too. You're probably going to get to that. Yes, and actually. The, the shell is harder, too. So yeah. maybe that's... And so actually, that's the next thing is why. Why don't they eat it? So many sources do talk about the bitter taste of safflower being the reason that some birds do not like eating safflower. But songbirds have very few taste buds, so most likely the taste is not what's preventing mm. the house sparrows, European starlings, grackles, blackbirds from actually eating it. It's usually the conical shape of the seed, and like you just mentioned, the hardness of the shell, that prevents these longer, slender-billed birds, such as the blackbirds and grackles and starlings, from actually being able to open the seed. And that's why they avoid them. If you can't eat them, then why eat them? Uh, house sparrows actually have slightly weaker bills um, and really have become kind of lazy over the years as yeah. it is anyways. That was, um, that was my thought, but I didn't want to say it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, house sparrows, if you're listening. But you have become a little lazy from living with uh, people over those years. And just the way their beak is shaped, um, it's harder for them to crack open that harder shell and that conical shape. So it just becomes something that they avoid. Um, so if you do have a lot of house sparrows, it's um, one that you could switch to and they might end up stop coming after a while just because if there's nothing there for them to eat, why would they come? It can be used as a deterrent to some tree squirrels and sometimes rats uh, that don't like the bitter taste because they're mammals and so they do have more taste buds just like us as humans and they don't always like that bitter taste. Some people ask about ground squirrels when they come in here because we don't really have a lot of tree squirrels in our area, um, the people who are shopping at our store in Mesa. And um, ground squirrels will definitely take the seed because they don't really actually eat the seed right away. They just shove it all in their cheek pouches and they run to the safety of their home. And a lot of times they're storing the seed for later. So come wintertime, they might have like a real bitter pill and they'll be like, oh God, what was I thinking? This is horrible. But by that time, you know, the, we, we haven't seen it, we don't know, and they've already taken all of our seeds. So we don't know if they're just taking it because it's, it's there and if they like it or not really. So it's not gonna deter your uh, ground squirrels if you have those. Uh, lovebirds is another question because everybody here loves our lovebirds. Um, at this time, we're not 100% sure if our desert lovebirds will eat the safflower. But many species of parrots throughout the world um, will actually eat bitter fruits and seeds that other birds avoid. 
So making an educated guess, I would think the lovebirds would probably eat it. They are um, an African desert bird and there's going to be lots of bitter tasting stuff there. My guess is that they probably would eat the safflower. And we do know that they love our cranberry cylinders that we sell here at WB Mesa. And those do have safflower seeds in the mix. Yep. And we, um, I personally don't have lovebirds, but I know that um, a couple of our employees as well, and they say they eat right through those things. Yeah. So they're most likely eating the safflower. And the other question is now, now that we know who's going to eat it, who's, who we're attracting, how do we feed it out? Yeah, so how do we feed out safflower seed? So you can use any feeder that can hold loose seed with the exception of a specialized finch feeder because the seed's too big to get out the little, yeah, uh, the bird can't get it out of the hole. Here at WBU Mesa, our easy to clean tube feeders, hopper, tray, hopper feeders, tray feeders, and cup feeders are all options for feeding out safflower. When you first offer safflower, you may need to mix it with the o black oil sunflower seed to expose your birds to it. You can also use a seed blend with safflower in it, such as our Supreme Blend, and gradually switch it over to an all safflower feed. Safflower is not as common in the U.S. as Kirsten mentioned before in the U.S. bird feeding industry. So sometimes we have to expose the birds to it slowly, but once uh, they know what it is, they will eat it readily. Yeah, and I've had the same experience in my backyard. My house finches just eat yes, it up like a candy. Yeah, they pick it out of the, the cylinders. Yeah. yeah. I actually tried it out before we did this one just to see, and I gave them nothing but safflower in a little cup feeder, and they were, went to it immediately. And I have a thistle feeder out there as well. So they were on the thistle feeder and the safflower. I mean, they were eating it like a little popcorn. They just loved it. So um, that definitely works for our house finches. I'm going to have to plant some in my garden, just a side note, just to see what happens. If it yeah. will grow and what the plant looks like and if they'll go to the plant. Yeah. Because it sounds really cool. It does sound. It's a very pretty one. When I was doing research for this one, I, I found it. I'll, I'll, I'll include a link to it so you can see the flower is really, really pretty. It looks a lot like our Arizona sunsets. It was a really pretty flower. So our last question is, why feed out safflower? Why do we want to do it? Currently during our January 2022... And that's uh, actually when we're recording this, the price of black oil sunflower has actually risen above safflower and safflower is now less expensive. So that's one reason right there. Um, it's also a great seed to give variety to your birds. The more variety in a wild bird's diet, really in anybody's diet, honestly, um, the healthier they'll be. And that's very, very good. So if you're trying also to cut down on the amount of house sparrows, as we were talking about, safflower can help you do that, but not alienate our native sparrows, like our um, white crown sparrows that we have. Um, the towhees, I have not, no, I don't know specifically if a towhee will eat it. I haven't seen a towhee eat it, but they're um, essentially a sparrow. So uh, might work for them. All right. So we have a plant spotlight <clears throat> today. And the plant I chose is one that, really um, I've witnessed my house finches enjoy and it's a valentine red emu bush oh okay because I cannot say the scientific name just, <laughs> it, it's just not going to happen this is a durable compact evergreen shrub with a softly rounded shape consisting of small gray green leaves that develop a purple hue in the winter the flower is tubular and red and the blossom sits at the edge of the branch so you have this um, round leaf shaped brand uh plant 
and then the blossoms just like pop out. Oh, cool. So it looks really cool. This bush makes a nice hedge, and my husband is into hedges, or accents, or makes a wonderful addition to a, wild, a wildlife garden. It loves full sun, has low water needs, very important, only requiring water once a month in the summer. Oh, nice. Grows two uh, feet wide to up to four feet tall, attracts butterflies, hummingbirds, and small birds such as house finches and the verdant. They find the blossoms nectar irresistible. Mm. And I'm speaking from experience because I have one, two, three in my yard. I have one in my backyard. I plan to plant two more, and I have two in my front yard. And right now my cats sit in the front window, and they watch little house sparrows and verdant pop out of the bush, put their little head up, grab a little um, blossom, and then they pop back down there and they eat it. So actually nice. what they do is they eat the, of course, birds pick off the back part and, right. and drink the nectar. But the um, house finches, they eat the red. The more red blossoms they eat, because it's got that carot carotene in it. Right. Um, makes them redder. Yeah. So my, my house finches actually are prettier than others because they're eating oh. my, the blossoms <laughs> off my They know Valentine, where to get the good stuff. <laughs> uh, red emu bush. No, seriously, it's a, it's a great bush. You leave it alone. It's, it's pretty. You can use it as a hedge or... Um, uh, lining a walkway and you can trim it and it little little water we only water it in the winter and my husband waters it once a month oh yeah that's that's it pretty easy yeah talk and, about lazy gardening yes <laughs> that's my that's yes. my philosophy <laughs> and, and the little birds love it so that's why i'm planting more in my backyard because i have a little corner that i want to fill and i want to give them something to pop in and out of um nice. around the um a bird bath very cool so yeah it's a great addition all right, guys, happy birding.